Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 29. And this is how they do witchcraft. Now, look at it. 16 verse 29. It says, a violent man enticeth his neighbor. Now, he's talking about somebody influencing his neighbor. And he says this, and leadeth him in a way that is not good. Now, how does he do it? Next verse. He shutteth his eyes to devise forward things. In other words, to bring out the plan. Moving his lips, he bringeth evil to pass. It's meditation, isn't it? Now, Gil's exposition says, he shuts his eyes that his thoughts may not be disturbed and distracted by visible objects. And this is what we're saying about going privately and getting into meditation. But might be more free and composed and intent upon the things he's meditating and devising. So once God reveals it, now the mind must be used. And what you get into is what is called meditation. In other words, this book of the Lord, Joshua 1.8, shall not depart out of your mouth. What God has shown you, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make. Now, he didn't say, for then God will make. He says, thou will make your way prosperous and you have good success. In other words, the goal of meditation now is to find the way through which you will execute, all right, what God has said. You will see the way. That's going to be the result of meditation. And once you go by that way, which means the plan of action is going to be hatched into your heart. You are going to, that's why it says he devised forward things. In other words, he comes out with a plan. In other words, he meditates until he gets that plan. So what meditation does, it produces perception. With that, you recognize what you are supposed to do in real time to cause that thing to happen. And then when you do that particular thing, your action is going to bring about a manifestation. So meditation produces, right, perception where you understand the plan. That's what Peter was saying. Take heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns, as the plan is hatched. And then he says, you go out and the day star rises, which means whatsoever you do, you prosper. Look at Psalm 1, all right? And Psalm 1 there, it says, blessed is that man that seated not, all right? Blessed and that walketh not in the council, or standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted, all right? Bring forth his fruit in season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth, because it's going to be a product of his meditation. So we've got to get this here. So you, the mind there, all right, is to be used as a tool there in meditation. So how do you do it? What I came to share. And once you get the thoughts from God in prayer there, he begins to show you scriptures and unveil promises to you. Now it's time to meditate. And in meditation, what you're going to do is to hold what God has shown you in your consciousness by the Spirit of God until it becomes absorbed into your being and is part of your being. You see clearly. It's logical what was once supernatural to you. Now, how do you do this? It is simple, but it will take continuous practice here. 
two things, all right, are important. You take time out, you meditate, you imbibe the nature of God, you allow his thoughts to become a part of you, resulting in new strategies being born, and you develop the right mental attitude, which means uh, that person cannot get offended. The Bible says he's not easily offended. He, he, there's, there's that inner strength you find in that person. And then the second thing you now do, all right, at also, in, and I'll explain this, you interact frequently, which means you read, all right, thoughts of other people, because that's where the nutrients is going to come who are doing great things so that you are in touch with trends that are going on on the earth. That's where you're going to see the plan as you interact with other people's thoughts. All right? So, this is what I'm saying. I go to God in prayer. God shows me something about covenant nation and says, this is my plan. So I enter into the place of meditation, which is what I want today. But then I now look for books also that have been written by people that are consistent with what God has shown me. Now, I'm going to go into meditation, all right, because I want to get that plan. Now, but that plan will begin to become apparent unto me as I'm interacting with the thoughts of other people. Now, the reason why I'm going to get that plan and somebody else might read the same book and not see the plan is what David said. He said, I have more understanding or insight than my teachers because I meditate upon your statutes. So when you give me that information or data, I can see certain things that other people will not see and come out with a plan. All right? Just come out with it. So how then do you meditate? Romans chapter 6, all right, from verse 1 quickly. I'll just read this and show this. Romans 6, 1. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? I want to show something. So God prepares first, then he brings you into the knowledge of what he has prepared or he has done. Then you meditate upon it in order, all right, to bring about the process for its manifestation. Many people pray and their minds are everywhere. And, and that's why Jesus said, yes, I might speak to people and plant my word. But when it's planted among thorns is when their mind is not solely focused on what I have just told them. Their mind is not stayed on it. In other words, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, loss of other things. Loss of other things just means desire for other things apart from it. Nobody gets any major results without concentrating and paying attention to their goals. You have got to pay attention to your goals. In other words, this is what I really and the way I want you have to make up your mind how this is how I want my life. If I'm going to be a person with divine distinction, if I'm going to be a person of great value, you have to devote your mind to the pursuit of something. You can't, even people who are of great value, all right? For example, uh, the more knowledge you have, uh, scientists of great value, uh, the people that discovered the vaccine for COVID, I'm telling you from March, they, their minds were singularly devoted to the pursuit of it up until the point that some of them, if you go and find out, forgot their children's birthdays because their mind was on solving COVID. That's how much it went into it. All right? 
And so they get that kind of breakthrough. And the wealth they create from six months of concentration will surpass anything that you can be running around for 40 years. I remember what I'm saying here. Now, that will show whether or not you are interested in it. If you cannot, don't you tell me, I mean, I, mean, I remember then I, 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 somebody was speaking to us in Wenger, and they said, I said, this is London now, this is London. All right? You can easily know a person who is going to achieve something if he's driving, and there's an accident on the road on the side, and he presses the brake, he's going somewhere, and he starts looking. Eh? Eh? He's distracted. A focused person, even if there's, he'll just be going on. That's why Jesus said, greet no man. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are focused upon where you are going to. That's the key to it. They asked us in Wenger once. I could not believe it. They said, so London, how do you... He said, there are only two places I know in London. My house and Arsenal Stadium. I go from my house to the stadium and from the stadium back to my house. I know, they said, so when you want to shop, he said, I call people to take me around. This man was in London for over 10 years. Focused. For, because it's when you are focused, you can hatch. The, that's when you are going to get the strategy. But if the mind is everywhere. All right. So how then do you do this here? Romans 6, 1. I close with this here. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Which means, they had a problem there. It says that grace may abound. He said that's not the way grace abounds. He said, let me show you how grace comes in. Which means when you say by the grace of God. He said, let me show you. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? He says, know ye not, so many of us that were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. So, you know what Paul begins to do? He starts telling them of what God prepared before they got into that situation. Which means, let me first tell you what God has done about this condition you are facing. He said, number one, don't you know this? That therefore being buried with him. Now, you didn't do all of these. By the baptism into his death, that as, as Christ was raised from dead like, by the glory of the Father, we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, so shall we be also in the likeness of his resurrection. And then he goes on and says, knowing this, that our old man, all right, is crucified with him, which means that has already been done thousands of years ago, that the body of sin might be rendered inoperative. The word destroy is not to annihilate, or else you will have no body, but that it might be rendered inoperative, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Then he says, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now let's go to verse 9. All right? So he says, knowing that Christ being raised from death dieth no more, death has no more dominion over him. Then he says, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, and in, that, and in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. So he said, now I've told you what God has done. So what you're going to do is, likewise, since God has done all of that, what you are now supposed to do, which is your part, which meditation, reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Now, these were people that were saying at that particular point, should we continue in sin? Which means sin was active in their lives. He said, now, what you are to do is that Jesus has already defeated sin in you and he has executed the death blow. You are dead unto sin. So really, what he has prepared, reckon it to be true in your life. In other words, reckon yourself. This is the beginning of how you use your mind. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, alive unto God. 
To reckon is an old English word. It's accounting, which means you have checked. This is what is there. Record it on this other side. In other words, in the realm of the spirit, this is what has happened. Record it on the earth as so. Open your mouth and reckon yourself, which means start saying. This is what it says here. I am dead unto sin. I'm alive unto God through Jesus Christ. I am dead unto sin and I'm alive unto God through Jesus Christ. I am dead completely unto sin. It says, start reckoning yourself. That's what God told Joshua. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Start reckoning to be so. Then he said, let me tell you the next thing you do in meditation. He says, now let's go to verse 12. Romans 6 verse 12. He says, Romans 6 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey its laws thereof. Now, next verse, it says, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So he says, this is what I want you to do. Once you start reckoning it and you are saying it, shut your eyes. And as you start meditating on that thing, yield your members as instruments of righteousness as you are meditating. In other words, in your imagination now, start seeing you physically doing exactly what is contained in the scripture as one who is alive from the dead. Begin to carry out. Yield your members. You have to see your members doing it. See it there. Carrying out. Behaving that way. So, somebody says, someone has offended me deeply. His name is Jack Jackson. Alright? And I have a problem with Jack Jackson and the wound is deep. He says, alright, I've told you what I've done for you. The love of Jesus has been shed abroad in your heart. Reckon it to be so. So, you've got to now appropriate it into that situation with Jack Jackson. So you start by saying, the love of Jesus has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have forgiven Jack Jackson completely, and I love Jack Jackson with all of my heart. Now, imagination is the most powerful tool for communication in the human consciousness. So the next thing he says is, as you are saying it, with your eyes shut, start seeing Jack Jackson and paint the picture of you going to Abuja, and when you were about to, you were on the queue to check in, you turned around, and Jack Jackson was behind you. And now, how are you going to respond to Jack Jackson, seeing that the love of Jesus has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost that is spread upon you? So you turn around, and in your imagination there, you play it back, that you want to hug Jack Jackson, and the Holy Ghost says there's social distancing, so, are you following? Say, so, it's real to you. So, you give Jack Jackson an elbow, and both of you start chatting and say, so, what's going on, and how are you? And, and you are playing that within your mind. By that way, you are purging out of your system that unforgiveness and wiping yourself clean. The day you see Jack Jackson, you will be shocked at how with ease you will be able to love Jack Jackson, talk to Jack Jackson without any inhibition about it. If you don't do that and you are just fasting and praying and praying and fasting that the, the unforgiveness should go, ain't going nowhere. Are you following what I'm saying? So if you have a short fuse and inside the house you have a caustic tongue, 
then what you are going to do is the last time you use your words in a very wrong way when you were provoked, then you start confessing anger dwells in the bosom of a foolish person. And Christ has been made my wisdom, so I have no folly on the inside of me. Therefore, there is no trace of anger within. And then you paint that picture clearly. If you don't change, this is why people don't change. What do you think Paul was saying when he said, this is how we overcome all limitations. He said, where the, Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with an open face. Open face, that means we have the revelation of what God wants to do. Beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are looking at it with our eyes. We are looking at the change, which means it says the Spirit of God will transform you into that very thing you are looking at. So you yield your members as instruments of right. You can't do it by effort. God is not rewarding you for willpower. It is the Holy Ghost that transforms you. It's not by power or by might, but by the Spirit. Religion is man's efforts to try to do what he thinks is pleasing in the eyes of God. He concords the ideas, which means some of those things are not in the Bible. He just brings out a legalistic system, which he thinks is what will please God, and then tells people by willpower, go and do it. And people live under condemnation with a sense of guilt. Christianity is we go up to God and he reveals to you what he wants to do, and then he says, focus on this now. Devote your mind for the next six weeks to these until I integrate it into your consciousness and it becomes part and parcel of your life. You're a particle of divine nature. So you start saying that. Now it's while you're meditating there on Jack Jackson that a plan now is hatched by the Spirit of God. Because what happens is you might just get a book and you open the book and you are reading on the subject of love. All right? And while you're just reading on it, while you're reading the book, look, how did we start having multiple services? This is exactly what happened. Once you start planting the seed, God will bring the nutrients to you, which means information that is embedded on this earth will come to you. A friend of mine came to see me, and she told me, she said to me, she, she, she attends, or back then, they used to attend Fountain of Life. They went to start their church. She had a husband. She said, I was robbed on Third Mainland. This must have been about 20, 15 years ago. I was robbed on Third Mainland. All right? And she had lost her parents. She was an orphan and she was the eldest taking care of her family. And Pastor Will I knew everything. He said, I told him, he just came. He said, they took my entire salary. He said, he just came to me. When I told him, he just said, and signed a check and gave me the entire salary back. She was just telling me. Two days after, Somebody came to me and told me something, something. I think they came to church or something happened and they were going and they stole their food. That story came back to me and I said, go and buy exactly that phone. It was an expensive phone. I said, go and give it to that person. They gave her. She said, I can't believe this and came back with a Bishop Keith Butler's book to me. This was long, if I met Bishop and handed it over to me. He said, I just want to say thank you. I saw this book. I gave you this book. I took the book. I had been battling inside my mind with having multiple centers. I turned it open. I never finished that book. First thing I was talking about grace. First thing I read there, he said, God told me to go and start a church in Atlanta. I told God I was going to tell somebody to go there. God said, no, you do it. He said, so what do I do? He said, when you finish preaching in Detroit, get on your jet, go to Atlanta, preach the second service there, get on your jet, go to another part. So he goes to three places in America on Sunday morning to preach. So God told me, he said, now you have seen it. I told you just to go to Lagoon and Yaba, you are shouting. That was the end. 
Listen, once you put that vision inside, that image on the inside of you, the necessary information for it will start coming to you. Are you following me? I mean, I couldn't believe this. I mean, it happened recently to me. Who was it I was listening to? Uh, it was Dr. Creflo Dollar. And he was talking about something, and he just said, you know, for example, I think it was a minister's conference. I, just, I listened to his business during the COVID thing. And he was talking about how you can help. And he said, you know, sometimes some of you guys have established churches or facilities. A younger pastor might need it. He said you can allow them to use it for certain things, and he just said it. The next day, a young pastor called me and said, we are doing a convention, and we may not have space on Friday night, which is the vigil. I just want to ask you, is it possible we can use, because I've known him for almost 20 years, is it possible we can use your facility for it? I said, let me cross-check with the office just to make sure there's nobody using it at that point. I cross-checked. They said, it's free. I came back to him. I said, you know what? I couldn't say no. He said, why? I said, last night, I just heard the minister's conference, Dr. Dollar say this. Next thing in the morning, you are telling me this. Are you following what I'm saying here? Once you begin to create the pictures that God has promised you in your heart there, the information to cause that thing to happen starts coming to you, all right? And as you start reading and interacting with people, you begin to develop the plan and the strategy on how. Let me tell you this. You're not just, look, this is our problem in this country. We are praying and fasting about Nigeria, but nobody has the plan for this country. How do you move the country from this point to this point? Everybody just resort to pray and fast. But how do you do it? This microphone is a product of a mind. This is a product of a mind. The chairs you are on, somebody conceives the mind. Every form of progress is a manifestation of something that happened in the mind of people. Now, we ignore that part. And we want, it's just like telling God, like I said last week, I want to move this from here to there. And then I said, God, please, can you move this monitor for me? God says, I've given you my, your hands. Carry the monitor and then thank me for giving you strength. God reveals what he wants to do. We bypass the mind. And we're just telling God, you know, you can just solve this problem. So people might have problems in their marriages and you don't sit down and meditate until what you need to do to change that marriage there is manifested in you and you get the plan of action. Oh, just be praying and fasting. God, do something to the man. Do something to the woman. Do something to the man. We've bypassed the mind. All right? So people want to grow businesses by magic. People want to get everything done by magic. God will reveal to you, this is how I want your marriage to be. Then he says, now go and meditate on it until you observe and then you will make your way prosperous. As you start meditating, my spirit that is on the inside of you will hold that thing within your consciousness and then reveal to you, all right, get thoughts on this earth, combine it together until you see, ah, this is what I ought to do. When you do that which you see on the inside, you cannot fail. As well, let me tell you this people that God do great things, they are not distracted by anything. Tweet until you faint. You don't, they don't change their mind. Go on social media, abuse them. They're not, they're not affected by it. Because they spent hours and hours. While the people tweeting were eating Eba and eating all this, they were deeply meditating on things. The light dawned. You now tell them to surrender all of that 
to somebody's tweet. Something that might have taken the repeated practice there of spending an hour every day for six weeks for them to break the thing. Then you say, somebody said this, we should do this. All right? So it's a product there of that depth of meditation there. While that person is meditating on forgiving Jack, 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 Jack um, Jackson, God might even raise the person and say, now this is what you should do. You remember that person that you met with Jack Jackson over there? Call that person, give them this so-and-so, tell them to give it to that person, and write the note this way, and this is how exactly you should write it. And you send it to that person, and everything, pam, breaks on the inside. And the relationship is restored. Shortly after that, something crumbs through that restored relationship to you. Then you understand what Satan was doing when he broke that relationship. And why he kept you so long in unforgiveness. Because it's a channel for the supply of certain things. But I've been in a situation where people did something to me in school. 18 years after I opened Facebook, I saw both of them together. Something still rose up on the inside of me. I was a pastor preaching. But the feelings were there. Because prayer won't remove it. You meditate on the nature of God within you until that thing is wiped out of your consciousness. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word and by the power of your spirit, I ask you establish this truth inside our hearts, expand it within our consciousness and let it bring forth great fruit in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.